Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L. J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are you doing tonight? LJ, doing good. Uh, was watching a lot of sports on this Father's Day. Uh, we had the U.S. Open concluding for golf, so I watched uh, quite a bit of the final round. We had F1 this morning, which I watched, and uh, LJ and I are both pretty big F1 fans, so uh, certainly nice to be able to watch that. Uh, Sunday Night Baseball, the Yankees had a game today. Game seven in the NBA, huge day in sports, but uh, yeah, excited to recap this uh weekend that we had in the league and uh yeah shall we get into it and we have you know quite a bit of news that we want to talk about as well uh in this one we are planning on doing national league silver sluggers uh we will try our best to not take forever uh trying to get to them but if not we'll put them on tomorrow's episode and we'll move the hall of fame to tuesday Got the Hall of Fame. Some, I always forget about the Hall of Fame, and this was my idea. But let's get into this first game we're going to talk about here, the Mariners and the Rays. Scoring started in favor of the Mariners in the bottom of the third when Luis Torrens hit his solo piece to go up one nothing. This score held until the top of the sixth where Manny Margot hit an RBI double. The next inning, Mike Zanino hits an RBI ground rule double. And all of a sudden, we see Tampa with a 2-1 lead going into the best part of their bullpen, the late, late innings. What could possibly go wrong with a Tampa game in the late innings? Well, in the bottom of the seventh, Ty France goes yard for Seattle to tie the game. This sends us into extras, where in the bottom of the tenth, with the bases now loaded up against Diego Castillo, Shed Long hits it long. A grand slam for Shed Long Jr., his first walk-off hit of his career and first home run of the season, and Seattle will win this one 6-2. to two. Give the win to Rafael Montero. 
This is after Marco Gonzalez went six and a third, allowing two earned and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Diego Castillo, who went two thirds of an inning in that extra period. Shane McClanahan went six innings, allowing three hits, one earned run, and eight strikeouts, possibly the bad beat of the day. And the Mariners, or I'm sorry, the Rays have now been swept by the Mariners here with this 6-2 result in four games. They've been swept. And am I crazy? They played the Astros, right? They play or played? Played. Uh, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so this is back-to-back sweeps and three straight series losses because they took the first one against Chicago, if I'm correct. Mm. And then... Yeah, they've lost, what, seven in a row now. Yeah. So, no, then they didn't. Never mind. I got my lines crossed. Well, LJ, shall we talk about the big news that broke out of Tampa Bay? Uh, Yes, let the wandering be over. Top prospect in the MLB, Wander Franco, has been called up by the Tampa Bay Rays. A couple days ago, we were uh, detailing the Rays and just the amount of infielders that they have on their team. LJ, I did a bit of a deep dive prior to the show, and there's just, with Franco getting called up, there is way too many players of value or players who the Rays think are valuable to them that are on this team and play infield and I it's gonna be they they're gonna have to make a bunch of trades something is gonna have to happen because you can't just keep all these guys year after year it's not gonna work I'm gonna run through it real quick Brandon Lau they're starting second baseman right now LJ it's fair to say that the Rays see him as a franchise piece for the at least the next couple of years is that fair yes He's like one of their more productive hitters. Well, is he though? not this year, but in years past. Yes. He's got two years of MLB service time, maybe a little more. I can't, t- I can't say there's a definitive track record. There. All right. Well, he, I, I would say that he's pretty valuable to their organization. Right? Yes. They're all valuable. That's the thing. All right. Um, Man Choi at first base, who is strictly a first baseman and he rakes, he's been hitting really good this year. In, in a limited playing time, but he has been hurt. Okay. Then you have Joey Wendell at third, but he also slides over to shortstop. He plays a little second. I believe he can play pretty much everywhere in the infield. All right. Uh, he got he uh, has only three years of service time, so he'll be around for another three years if the Rays want him. Taylor Walls, one of their top prospects, the Rays, who they just called up, he, he's their shortstop. Okay, and remember, they traded away Willie Adamas, their previous shortstop, because... One of the, one of the best defender, defensive shortstops in the league. Yeah, uh, to then make space for this influx of infielders that are coming in, but it doesn't stop there, LJ. So you have those four who are the starting, who start in the infield, okay? And now you have Franco coming up. Now... Franco came up, LJ, and instead of sending down a position player, 
the race option Drew Rasmussen, who is a reliever, which means now on their bench, they also have Yandy Diaz, who is more of a platoon hitter, and he plays first and third base. And then you also have top prospect Vidal Brujan, who is in AAA, and where they're expecting to call him up at some point this year. And he's a middle infielder. The Rays also just traded for Mike Ford from the Yankees, who's a first baseman. They just bought out the contract of Wyatt Matheson from the Diamondbacks, who plays third and first base. And they have also made trades for some of these like double A guys who also play in the middle infield. So I'm just, I, I just don't get like, what are you going to do with all these players? You can only start four infielders per game. Austin Meadows pretty much has your DH spot on lock right now. I mean, like, what is Eric Neander doing? Like, I feel like we shouldn't be questioning him because no. he's like, we should be questioning him, but also at the same time, it's like, how many names did I just bring up that are essentially a part of the near future for this for this club? Yeah, honestly, I I don't know what to tell you in terms of what the solution here is, but they wouldn't be doing it without a reason. This That's the big thing with this club is if they can collect value, they will. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're collecting this. Maybe they're collecting it for two reasons. The first, of course, would be they don't want to put their top prospects in a position where they are an injury uh, depth piece. So, like, perhaps you don't want to bring you don't want to bring Vidal Brujan up earlier than you would anticipate, just because all of your infielders got hurt. Instead, you could bring up somebody else. You could bring up, I, I'm just using Mike Ford because he's the only name I can remember off the top of my head. So, like, that gives you some flexibility there. The other thing is perhaps they try, they think they can offload some of this talent over the next year or two for better talent. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, like they could potentially make a trade at the, the deadline here for a starting pitcher. Not sure how much salary they're going to want to eat, but one of the cheaper options out there, whoever it is, they could very easily do that, especially with the slide they're on now, and they clearly need starting pitching. Yeah, again, I don't think starting pitching fully cures this team no. right now. But, I mean, in terms of long term, you're right. You've got a lot of people that don't. I guess my question is, Brandon, the question should be, who are you kicking out of this lineup? That's see, that's the thing because it's like Brandon Lau has not been a good hitter. Brandon, honestly, I'm I'm also gonna agree with you. I was about but to say, it, but at the same point, you like look at his stats in years past, and it's like if you take him out of the lineup, you know you're potentially giving a you know you're not starting a guy who, in, okay, well to be fair, he's hitting 200, but he has a 100 OPS plus this year. For his career, he's at a 123 OPS plus. Like, that's really, really good. Heading into this year, he was at a 132 OPS plus. I mean, 
LJ, he finished eighth in MVP voting last year. And you're, yeah, I know. But you just can't, like, there's just too many guys. I feel like Franco is not, like, are they really going to try to fit him in the lineup every day? Like, I do. You have to. Yes, like, you, well, all right. He is a rookie, he is 20 years old. He is also been now, the top in, prospect in the league for like what two and a half years. Yes, but so he deserves to be in this lineup. If he, if you're bringing you're not bringing him up if you don't have the intent to play him and allow him to grow into being a major leaguer and be a regular contributor for the next coming years. I mean, I can ask. We be talking about the same thing next year. If he were to come up this off season, we're going to be saying where can he play now. Where can he play? I'm going to go ahead and skip over one of my PPPs here to mention Taylor Walls here at shortstop. Again, the bat the bat actually is coming around a little bit more than I was anticipating going into this. I hadn't looked at his line recently, but he's now up to a 237 batting average, 356 on base, which is what excites me, is even though he hasn't had the contact there early, and he hasn't had the power there early. He's still being able to go up there with the right plate approach to get on base. Additionally, he has only gotten 90 plate appearances. So that's less than half of the season that the majority of other players have played. In that time, he has already accrued enough defensive runs saved to make him a top shortstop in the in at the MLB. So at... In his rookie season, he's already a top-level top defensive player. It's, yeah, it's really amazing what he's been doing, uh, certainly, especially because, I mean, he certainly knows that Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan are coming up behind him. But let's talk a little bit about Franco. I mean, specifically what he's going to bring to the table. He's a switch hitter. He's 20 years old. And from what everything I've read about him, he brings elite, elite contact, uh, has the potential to have elite home run power, and can also field and run at a plus level, I'd say. Uh, He's the closest thing to a five-tool player that, we have right now Uh, I think that's why he's so highly coveted you know he certainly uh, contact is his specialty but he's not the best home run hitter he's not the best gap hitter he's not the fastest player but he excels in all of those which makes him such a valuable commodity and is going to make him so much fun to watch I mean that's why watching a guy like whether it's Tatis Acuna you know these guys who are just so multifaceted with their games and I think he's gonna bring that and you know he doesn't really strike out a lot his walk to strikeout rates have been pretty good this has potential where in his prime we could potentially see you know I don't know how high you want to go with the batting average whether you want to say 330 340 you you know whether you want to say that but high 400 on base percentage, potentially a thousand OPS, you know, in, in, in years. I mean, he's expected to be a pretty much MVP caliber player. And 
the fact that we're getting to witness this and him getting called up is really special because I haven't heard of a prospect that's been this coveted to make their debut really since since Vladdy. No, you're right. And yeah, so that's why I just I cannot justify leaving him out of this lineup. And if yeah. we're talking if we're talking about winning right now, I feel like Taylor Wallace has to be there. Like you you have you have somehow transitioned your way from one elite defensive shortstop to another and great defense at premium positions pays off even if it's not showing in the lineup as much but so overall i think that spot's got to stay you're certainly not pulling joey wendell brandy lau has to be the only answer here to finish up our Uh, thought before that i just don't know if they if they end up pulling lau i mean you can get creative you know oh yeah i mean it's going to be creative but whoever who's going to see the least time out of the group from here out I feel like it would have to be Lau. You know, I don't know how the Rays do their their defensive positioning, uh, but maybe it's G-Man Choi. I mean, he's kind of a lefty platoon bat at first base, but like Yandy Diaz is that guy who platoons for him. So it's like, where do you find him a spot without taking out Brandon Lau? Or look, I'm sure Walls is going to have days where he's sitting Especially yes. if Franco gets hot with the bat, they are, this team needs to value offense over defense right now because they're struggling to hit anything. I mean, they scored two runs against Seattle today, who doesn't have the greatest pitching staff. It's They need to create runs and bring up Franco. You know, LJ, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why they bring him up. They realize we need a spark in this offense. I mean, sure. Randy Arozarena has been good, but he hasn't been like what we're used, like what we saw in the playoffs. I think that that people had too high of expectations for him this year. He's been good. He's going to be a good player, but outside of him, uh, Austin Meadows has been really good, but you're not going to take Joey Wendell out of this lineup. Absolutely not. And from there, it's just, it's a log jam and moves are going to have to be made uh, for this team, whether it's this year, uh, whether it is this off season. So we'll have to see, we're going to start to see the trades pick up after July 11th. Uh, if you don't know the way the MLB rules work, you are allowed to trade players from the previous, or you aren't allowed to trade players from the previous draft. So the ones that you drafted until after the next year's draft. So, these are still guys that GMs want uh, to get because they were scouting them and potentially they missed out on them. So after the MLB draft occurs, we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, trade action pick up. And I certainly think that the Rays are going to be involved in something uh, if they really want to make a push at this. But uh, let's move on. Let's keep going with the game recaps. We're going to do the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks next. And, oh, man. I Second second or third biggest story of the day. Yeah. Well, it starts off bad for Arizona. Uh, Story (laughs) of the season. (laughs) Justin Turner, RBI single to start off the top of the third. Then Big Al, Albert Pujols. LJ, I'll let you do your home run call for this one. 
My name's Big Al, and I hit dingers. Three-run bomb, sixth on the year, takes a 4-0 lead. Steven Souza Jr., uh, a new addition to, to this Dodgers lineup, he triples home a run, and the Dodgers are up 5 to nothing. Then top four, A.J. Pollock steps up and makes it a 7 nothing game off of a double. Later on, Pollock doubles again, and it's 9-1 to one after five innings. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But Arizona thought that they had a rally in their bones here. Bottom six, Josh Reddick with an RBI single. It's nine to two. Bottom eight now, Reddick with another RBI single, and it's nine four. Christian Walker with his own single, nine five. Josh Van Meter, bases loaded, walk. It's nine six. We're cooking with fire here, LJ. We got the go ahead run at the plate. Cattell Marte uh, with his third hit of the day, an RBI single, and it's nine to eight. Only down one. After the eighth, they score six runs. Can they get one more run in the ninth? No. Kenley Jansen shuts them down. Arizona loses their 17th game in a row, and the Dodgers win 9-8. to eight. The win to Garrett Clevenger. The loss to Alex Young. Three innings, seven hits, five earned. And the save to Kenley Jansen, his 18th on the season Arizona now on pace for 45 wins will they get there Brandon that's the better question for you well LJ you know I saw some people on Reddit today it it was an Orioles fan having a conversation with a Diamondbacks fan and they were both like yeah we were kind of rooting against each other at the start of the year because we were both trying to tank for that number one pick. But now both teams have gone on such bad slides that they just feel bad for each other now. It's like, all right, like we don't want to lose that much. Like we we're we're fine with tanking, but let's try not to lose every single game. And Arizona is struggling with that. Also, LJ, I don't know if you saw Carson Kelly after last night's game suffered a fractured wrist has been one of the best hitters in the Arizona lineup so far this year, and he will be out indefinitely. So that it is now to tell Marte, Eduardo Escobar, and David Peralta. It is their team to carry. You know, this would be the dumbest thing I could do. However, if I was the – if you were the owner of the, the Diamondbacks, wouldn't there be this at least tiny desire – in your heart to just go out and make some crazy trade, sell your entirety of your pro whatever prospects you have to get a couple other good pieces just to make the losing stop. Like I could care less about the future. Just let me a stop gap in your, in your like long-term plans. Like they wouldn't be with how bad their farm system is. They wouldn't be able to get much 
relevant. No, they wouldn't be a relevant team for like, sure. Like they have some high quality prospects that they could certainly turn into good players, but you get rid of those guys. You're not going to be able to field like a good team for the next five to six years, at least not well, to well, even I know. in the fact that they're in the NL West where you have the richest team in the sport. And then another team who is just, going crazy spending money and found their championship window so they're just yeah i know but like that i think i think that's my exact point here is like this is getting to be so bad and so painful that you're starting to get i feel like you'd start to get desperate at some point i'd start to get desperate if i were the owner of the team where it's like this has just become such a joke i can't i can't take it anymore yeah to make matters worse their gm had to step away from the team a couple weeks ago uh, because uh, it was some kind of personal issue. I believe his wife or someone came down with some sort of illness. Uh, But, you know, LJ, let's say that that illness or whatever uh, doesn't happen. If you're the GM, do you even want to keep watching these games day after day? Because, I mean, if there's any one person other than the manager who – has to watch all 162 games every pitch it's the gm and i feel like at this point like just... i don't i don't think the manager even watches 162 games at this point <laughs> yeah it... like, there's some pretty obvious nights where i could see there being a night off especially if you get tossed like it doesn't matter at that point like you could care less but yeah not right. looking good in arizona no bueno all right, Marlins and the Cubs. Uh, the Marlins had gotten the best of the Cubs in the first two games of this series, but this one uh, was very low scoring today with the Cubs getting it started in the bottom of the third. Uh, Jason Hayward scores on a pass ball to make it one nothing, And then in the bottom of the fifth, Jock Peterson with an RBI single. Cubs take a 2 nothing lead, and that's your final a great pitching performance from Alec Mills. Five innings of shutout ball, striking out three, walking none. The Cubs go to their patented reliever trio of Tapera, Chafin, Kimbrel to close it out. They all allow no runs, no hits, no walks, and combine for five strikeouts across four innings. The Cubs win 2 nothing. Uh, the loss to ryan thompson for miami and then you can give or zach thompson excuse me for miami uh four innings lj i think this was the worst loss of the day four innings no hits one run which was on a passed ball so it's unearned three walks and seven strikeouts he got pulled losing and he threw four no hit innings that's okay and Craig Kimbrell gets his 20th save on the season. Season ERA to .61. That's league leading now, right? Ooh. Uh, I don't think Melanson's gotten anything lately. He had a rough outing the other day. Yeah, before. I watched that one. I just wanted to be put out of my misery. Um, but. Actually, no. Jacob DeGrom has a Kimbrell beat still. What? Yeah, Jacob DeGrom is at 0.54 and Kimbrel's at 
point six one. No, 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 no. Saves. Oh, save, save, save. I'm like, how the heck did Jacob Degrom get twenty one saves? No, Mark Melanson's at twenty one. Kimbrel at twenty. Hater, Hendricks, Jansen at eighteen. Interesting. All right, let's get over to this Red Sox Royals game. We talked about uh, Tampa Bay losing, so this was an opportunity for them to get another tick up in the division lead as they are now your division leaders. And things started off strong with a Kike Hernandez piss missile to left center field to make this a 2 nothing game. Uh, Michael A. Taylor is able to reach base and drive in a run in the bottom of the second to cut the lead to 2-1. to one. And then a very rough part of the bottom of the third for in favor of Kansas City as Nathan Uvalde gets roughed up a little bit. Just a lot of contact made. Not a lot of hard contact in a lot of situations, just too much contact to be handled. First, Salvador Perez is able to score with Merrifield with an RBI single into center field. Then later in the inning, Jared Dyson is able to hit a double on a 10-pitch at-bat. Brandon, 10 pitches, two balls. The rest were the rest were all fouled off. He didn't swing or miss or take a called strike. That's impressive. He did not take a it was it went foul, ball in the dirt, foul, ball in the ball. And then foul, 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 and then hit the double. At that point, like if I were Nathan Evaldi, I'd be pretty ready to quit because he had he had thrown just about every yeah, he'd thrown every all five of his pitches, the majority of them more than a couple of them more than once like what else can you do what else isn't he timed up for yeah I don't know Gerard Dyson the interesting thing about him one time I was at a in 2019 I was at a Yankees versus Diamondbacks game and he came in as a defensive replacement in center field and in between innings when he was warming up so I was at the Yankee game I didn't have on any uh Yankees apparel so I stood up, first person to stand up as he's about to throw the ball into the stands, points at me, throws the ball right to me, like a little bit above me. The person that I'm with sitting next to me also reaches up and he puts his hands up where the ball is. It hits off of both of our hands and goes like three rows behind us. So thank you, Gerard Dyson, for throwing it uh, to me. But yeah, tough. And now you come through with a big hit so cool right yeah and then the the score holds at 4-2 kansas city in there also we had a ground rule double on a ball getting lost in the tarp (laughs) it rolled under the tarp that's quite that's quite a short double yes it's probably it's one of the shortest doubles you can get without error and you know, just part of a wild, wild inning. I could be wrong. Um, either the second or third, there was also a single in there that saw Kike Hernandez absolutely murder Christian Arroyo's knee as he fell in center field and Kike Hernandez was running by. He ended up leaving the game barely able to put any weight on it. Oh, Her- boy. Kike's shin, he was still playing, but sh- it was starting to swell quite a bit in the mid shin region. It was just, it was a rough couple innings there, but the bottom of the sixth where it's still at four, two and Whit Merrifield hits a two run Homer 
Hunter Dozier is then able to drive in one more in that inning. Rafael Devers hits his 18th piss missile of the season, but Kansas City wins this one 7-3. Give the win to Mike Miner in a major victory. He went six and two-thirds, allowing nine hits, two earned runs, and six strikeouts. The loss goes to Nathan Eovaldi. He went four innings, allowing seven hits, three earned runs, four strikeouts. He left this game with 87 pitches over four innings. He threw six six pitches in the first inning. Um, also, interesting thing here, it's not a bingo bango Yahtzee. However, it's a pseudo bingo bango Yahtzee, I guess you could call. He has three home runs every other day. Okay, so he's he's trying to go for it. He's trying really hard. It's just not happening. But right. yeah, that's a, that'll about do it for that one. On to the Yankees and the Athletics, the rubber game of this three-game set in the Bronx. Matt Olson gets us started with his 20th homer of the year, his second of the series. Top one, that's when he gets it done, and it's one nothing Oakland. We are scoreless until the bottom of the sixth as Sean Manaya was dealing today for Oakland when Gary Sanchez steps up with two runners on base, rips a double into the gap, two runs score. Gary then uh, is able to basically just run around Matt Chapman at third. LJ, I don't know if you saw the clip of that. Uh, I have not gotten to see it, no. I will send you it on Twitter. It was like watching it, I almost lost my mind because I thought we made another out on the bases. But uh, I just can't believe that he was safe. Uh, when I send you this video, all right, I just tagged you in it. So check that out. But that Gary Sanchez double, he advances the third on it, scores two runs, the tying and go-ahead run score, and the Yankees take a 2-1 lead. Jump to the ninth. The Yankees bring on a Roldis Chapman. First batter he faces is Jed Lowry. He walks him on five pitches. He only gets one called strike in there. The next batter is Tony Kemp, who he walks on four pitches. And then we get a mound visit from Aaron Boone, uh, the translator. Uh, I, I want to say Matt, I'm not sure if Matt Blake is even allowed out there, but if, he, if you can have both the manager and pitching coach come out at the same time, Matt Blake was out there. Uh, we had the entire infield at this conference as it's first and second with no outs. Chapman has absolutely no command of the zone. And Sean, Sean Murphy is stepping up, who is not a terrible hitter. I mean, he's certainly a serviceable hitter, absolutely. Steps up and hits into a 5 four, three, triple play to end the game. The Yankees third triple play of the year ties them with a bunch of other teams who have also turned three triple plays in a season. Uh, just impeccable timing. And the Yankees are really used to triple play as a weapon this year. I mean, the three games that we've turned triple plays in, we won. And the triple play was a crucial part of our six of our winning formula in those games so 
I mean, I'm all down for these very timely triple plays as they pop up, but uh, nonetheless, the Yankees get the win only with three hits on offense. There was a lot of ugly baseball in this one, uh, but the win to Jonathan Loisaga, who now has seven wins out of the bullpen this year and needs to be considered for the all-star game. Uh, one and two-thirds innings, no hits, no runs, one strikeout for him. Season ERA at 1.63. The loss to Sean Manaya, five and a third, three hits, two earned runs, 11 strikeouts. Uh, Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees, five and a third, three hits, one earned run. That was the Olsen homer, uh, six strikeouts for him. And Chapman gets his 16th save on the season. And I am also next with the Brewers and the Rockies. And this one gets started when the Brewers score four runs in the first two innings, uh, thanks to a Derek Fisher RBI single in the first, and then a Colton Wong two-one two-run bomb in the second, and it's four-nothing uh, Brew Crew after two. In the fourth, Colton Wong steps up and he rips a single. Now that scores a run, and it's five-nothing. Uh, next, we have Eric Lauer in the sixth. Pitchers who bunt sacrifice bunt for him, <laughs> and it scores a run. So. Pitchers who who bunt, uh, that should be the new thing, as I have gained a lot of respect for the pitchers who can actually lay a bunt down. Uh, it shows to me that they care uh, about it. And, you know, Drew Smiley, when I saw him hit tonight, uh, that was not fun for a bunch of reasons. So, yeah, Brewers take a 6 nothing lead. The Rockies in the bottom of the sixth then score six runs to tie it. They get four home runs in the inning, a two-run bomb by Jonathan Daza to start it, a Trevor Story home run, only his sixth of the year. That surprises me. C.J. Crone with his ninth homer of the year on a two-run bomb, then Josh Fuentes with his sixth on the year, and it ties the game at six after six innings. Top nine. Daniel Vogelback steps up for the Brewers, and he singles. Uh, Jace Peterson scores, and that gives the Brewers a 7-6 lead. They bring on Brad Boxberger to close it out, and they take a 7-6 victory over Colorado. The win to Devin Williams, now 3-1 on the year, pitched a clean eighth inning, striking the side out. The loss to Daniel Bard. One inning, three hits, one earned run. Now three and four on the year. And Brad Boxberger with his third save on the season. All right, next up we have the final game of this Astros-White Sox series. Scoring starts in the bottom of the first as Abraham Toro drives one in for Houston. And then in the top of the second, Jake Lamb goes yard for his fifth of the year. In the bottom of the third, Jordan Alvarez starts off a five-run third inning for the Astros with an RBI single. Among this includes two RBI walks for Jose Altuve and then one for Chaz McCormick. In the bottom of the fourth, Carlos Correa goes yard for his 14th of the year. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Michael Brantley hits an RBI single to get us to our final of 8-2 Astros. 
You have the win to Lance McCullers Jr. He went six innings, allowing two hits, two earned runs, and four strikeouts. His ERA is now down to 290 on the season. The loss will go to Dallas Keuchel. He went two and two-thirds of an inning, allowing seven hits, six runs, three of which were earned, and three strikeouts. If you're Chicago, I don't know how you can come out of this with a positive, which is such a shame because... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com sign up to learn more you came out of the last one with so many positives. You came out of that Tampa series feeling like you were possibly the best. You're certainly the best team in this American league right now, possibly the best team in all of major league baseball at that moment in time. And then you go and you face Houston who somehow manages to find all of the weak points of all of the best teams. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when you're talking about the best teams in, in the American League this year, uh, well, in terms of record, it was the Oakland A's heading into this Yankees series. Uh, Houston has certainly been up there, the White Sox, and of course the Rays and Red Sox, I think you have to also put in the conversation. Uh, after seeing what the Astros did to the White Sox this weekend, LJ, the Astros are the best team in the American League right now, and it's not close. What they're doing on offense is ridiculous. I mean, all of their guys, they had one, two, three, four, five hitters with two hits today. Five hitters with more than one hit. I mean, that's that's crazy off of this White Sox staff. Like Dallas Keuchel, they made him look foolish today. And this is a guy who's been really good this year. Dallas Keuchel is a really good pitcher. And they just absolutely tore him apart. And, I mean, look, when you have Michael Brantley third, when you're hitting Jordan Alvarez fifth in your lineup, you know, that's when you know that you got some really, really good hitters. Yeah, the one that's been surprising to me is, again, Chaz McCormick doesn't have like the best numbers out there, but he consistently performs when he has to, which has been great for this team across that line. Honestly, I, Brandon, I think we should probably consider changing the name of this episode to Brandon finally realizes that LJ's often right. Because I've been talking Ooh. about this for a very long time. No, no, no. I mean, I was I... ready to put this as not even close about three days ago. And I was, Already, I was way ahead of the trend on the race. Hold thing. up, hold up, hold up, hold up. LJ, if I believe correctly, I picked 
the Houston Astros to win the AL West. Have they won the AL West yet? And you did not pick the Houston Astros to win the no, AL West. No, I did West. not. So before we jump on any uh, LJ was LJ has been right, you know, let's go back to the season primer when I made my prediction. I mean, you know, yes, sure, you I will give it to you. You have been on it lately. But I've been on them since the start. I think all that matters is the lately because of the context of this conversation. I said that they are the best team in the American League right now. Best team. Actually, I'd go ahead and say best team in the majors right now and not even close. I never said over the entire year. I'm not ready to put them in there the entire year. I wasn't ready to put them in there the entire year to start this year this season and the preseason primer but right now over the last week couple weeks they are the best team in the league they've won seven in a row and against teams above 500 they're 35 and 19 so they beat they beat really good teams all right indians and pirates not a lot doing in this one uh as Harold Ramirez starts off the scoring in the fifth inning with a solo home run, his sixth of the season, and they take a one nothing lead, the Indians do. Jacob Stallings then ties it up in the bottom of the sixth with a RBI single, and we're tied at one. Top seven, Josh Naylor singles and puts the Indians up by one at two to one. Indians bullpen. Uh, holds on they use the the two of Emmanuel Classe and James Karinchak LJ a little weird here they used Classe in the eighth inning role and Karinchak is the closer uh I mean I'm not complaining it's just interesting to see a Terry Francona kind of switch them around there um which would have been the more High leverage is the question, I think. Yeah, probably. Well, they both pitched like they both started innings, so. Yeah, yeah, I know, but if I'm if I'm looking at this correct, based on where the okay, Klaus, I had to face Key Brian Hayes. So. Yeah, it was Fra- it was Frazier Hayes were both in that top of the inning. I think also Brian Reynolds there. So again, they're both incredibly talented, but that's basically how they've been using them as co closers. So I'm not too surprised. Well, you can give the win to Phil Maton. Uh, he gets the win and the blown save. Gotta love the win stat. Uh, the loss to JT Brubaker, six and two-thirds, three hits, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. LJ, this guy's a pretty good pitcher. Like, yes, he pitches on the Pirates, but season ERA down to 3.77. He's a respectable arm. <laughs> He is respectable. He could be the he. No, all right, never mind. The Pirates are getting one All Star, but he is a respectable pitcher. You cannot say that he is not above average. He's a he's an above average starter this year. But I am not saying he's not above average. However, really good. If we're trying to justify a three seven seven ERA as a really good arm, just because it's Pittsburgh. Well, like, you yeah, that's, well, that's, that's allowed to do that. The, the basis, like, because it's Pittsburgh, it's like, yeah, you know, we can give this guy a little slack. Like, 
know. That just, oh, that's that feels gross. Telling, saying this guy's pretty good, and then looking at that line. No, thank you. All right, Giants and Phillies. This one was the laser show of the day, in my opinion. LJ, I'm not sure if you if you listened to my part of the episode yesterday, but I said, uh, I forget which game it was. I said, this is the laser show of the day. And I said, if LJ was here, he would be making his laser noises. And then, yeah, so perfect. You filled it in for today. Uh, love it. But- a extra. Maybe we got to do a little extra just in case. Yeah. Uh, in terms of this laser show, the first five scoring events are home runs. Mikey Yaz. Mikey Yaz. Ninth homer of the year gets us started. Two-run bomb. And then Wilmer Flores follows it up with a solo shot. Giants take a 3-0 lead after the bottom of the first. JT Real Muto steps up. Man, this guy is so good. Seventh homer of the year makes it a 3-2 game. Philly now trailing by one. Brandon Crawford with a two-run bomb in the bottom of the third to extend the San Francisco lead to 5-2. to two. Wilmer Flores hits his second of the game to make it 6-2. And then Steven Duggar with an RBI double to make it 7-2 San Francisco in the bottom of the sixth. They extend the lead some more. Wild pitch by Spencer Howard in the seventh. Bases loaded walk to Kirk Casale, and then a Brandon Crawford double caps it off. Giants win 11-2. The win goes to Sammy Long. Six innings, four hits, two runs, and a fantastic name to go with a 420 ERA on the season. Nice. Very nice. Zach Eflin takes the loss. Five innings, nine hits, six earned runs, six strikeouts, four home runs allowed. Let's move on in after that one into this Twins Rangers game. And right in the to start the top of the first, the recently returned Byron Buxton smashes his 10th home run of the year. This one will be a two-run blast and put Minnesota up to nothing. Max Kepler will drive in two more on an RBI single in the top of the third. And from there, Texas will be playing catch-up. They get home runs from Adolis Garcia and Joey Gallo, their 18th and 12th home runs of the year, respectively. But they ultimately lose this one 4-2. to Give the win to Kenta Maeda. He went five and a third, allowing five hits two earned runs, and four strikeouts. The loss goes to Dane Dunning. He went four innings, allowing 10 hits, four runs, three earned, and five strikeouts. The save will go to Hansel Robles. All right, the Mets and the Nationals. This was also sort of a laser show. Not really. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle Schwarber. Solo home run in the first to lead it off for Washington. And that makes it 1-0 Nats. His 16th on the year. 
Kevin Pillar then steps up. And, <laughs> I can't stop laughing, bro. All right. <laughs> serious time now. Serious time. Kevin Pillar steps up in the second, and he hits a solo home run. And Versace, stop looking at the camera and laughing, LJ. Come on, man. Kevin Pillar solo home run to tie it at one. Josh Bell then has an RBI single in the third, and the Nats take a two to one lead. Bottom five, Kyle Schwarber steps up again, and this time he hits his 17th homer of the year, second of the game, <laughs> and that makes it a three one Nationals lead. Big Pete Alonso steps up, the Florida Gator. With and he hits his 11th homer of the year in the seventh. That puts the Mets trailing by one at three to two. But Schwarber steps up once again and calls game. Third homer of the day. LJ, what would you like to call this? It is I would like bingo. Bango. Yahtzee. Supreme. Kyle Schwarber. Ben on freaking fire has raised his season OPS by almost a hundred points in the last three days. Uh, Just he is tearing the cover off the ball, three home runs and a Nats win behind a Patrick Corbin, six innings, four hits, two earned runs and seven strikeouts start. Taiwan Walker kind of got roughed up in this one, six and a third, Allows 10 hits, four earned runs, and five strikeouts. And the hand, Brad Hand, gets his 15th save on the season. Yeah, honestly, it's been kind of jarring. Like that, I didn't expect to have happen for Kyle Schwarber to all of a sudden become the best power hitting leadoff hitter in the league. I just never took Kyle Schwarber as the leadoff guy, but. All of a sudden, he's come to the Nationals, and they've thrown him into this role as their their very consistent leadoff hitter, and he's been mashing the ball ever since they moved him. I mean, it's been quite remarkable. I mean, you, you have to admit, he's got to be the best power-hitting leadoff hitter in the league. I mean, Mookie Betts who? Ronald Jose Acuna Altuve who? Ronald Acuna who? who? No, but Schwarber. So I found the stat here. LJ, after 59 games played this year, he had a 760 OPS. Okay. After 61 games played this year, he has an 843 OPS. He raised his OPS 83 points in two games. That's disgusting. Padres and the Reds. Wait, actually, timeout. Is he their all-star right now? Potentially? Soto's been so quiet. He's been like good though. Like yeah, I know he's been good though. But like, there's a shot there. I, I think he at least gets a look, right? So Trey Trey Turner's gonna get a look. Uh, one of their pit. Give oh, me Max, Schwarber. Max give me Schwarber in the home run derby, and give me Schwarber in the All Star game. Schwarber's had success in the home run derby, right? Like yes, he has. Past. He's been in it. He's been in it. And he's gone deep a couple times, but. I want more. Was Schwarber in it the year when Harper won? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. I'm, I'm pretty much a, a – You're home. a home run derby connoisseur. Yeah. 
home run derby savant. I love me some home run derby. Well, more, more metal bats, more children. That's what I say. The Reds and the Dads on Father's Day, and Will Myers starts it off with an RBI triple that scores Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer. And Myers comes all the way around for a little league home run after an error by Joey Votto. Three runs score on that play. In the eighth, the Reds get on the board on a Joey Votto ground out that scores a run. And then they get another ground out that scores a run in the same inning by Eugenio Suarez. So Padres win three to two. Those are the only scoring plays in this one. They get a nice start from Denelson Lamette. Uh, in my opinion, still one of the best pitchers in the league. Uh, what he did in 2020 was not a fluke, and we're seeing him come back and do the same thing. Five innings, four hits, no earned runs, seven Ks to one walk, season ERA at 2.81. The loss goes to Luis Castillo, now 2-10 and 10 on the year. Uh, six innings, six hits, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. And Mark Melanson picks up his 21st save on the season. Next up, we got the Tigers and the Angels. Actually, wait, wait, real quick. What were your thoughts on the whole Joey Votto stuff with that little girl? Because I Uh, absolutely adored it. I saw that there was a girl at the game, and she was a big Joey Votto fan. Huge Joey Votto fan, for that matter. And he gets ejected in the first inning uh, doing, you know, a typical hothead Joey Votto things. You know, it happens a couple times a year where he just goes completely crazy on an umpire. Is that fair to say? At least like fair. once a year, there's just like a time where it's, it's pretty rough. Yep. Uh, girl was then very sad. If I believe, if I Prime. saw it right, she yes. was not, happy and then he made up for it, right he got her a ball uh, he signed her a ball signed her a bunch of things met her i think i if i heard it correctly i watched part of that and i think i wasn't really like watching watching and in passing heard something about her being there again tonight like they got her tickets back to that game nice so overall again it's it's what you want i was saying yesterday it's what you want to see out of players like you want that fiery competition but you also want the reflective ability capability of a man to be able to say okay it's not all about me and there's more to this than just the winning there's so many other people that i'm affecting and everything and to be able to think about that after blowing up on an umpire like that and make things right is fantastic Uh, next time yeah yep um we have remind me what game i just lost it tigers Um, angels tigers angels tigers and then i got the double header and then uh you have the one of the stories of the game one of one of the top three stories of the day yes yes all right so scoring started in the tigers angels game with heimer candelario driving in jonathan scope to put detroit up one nothing then in the bottom of the fourth, Jared Walsh goes yard, a solo shot to right field to tie the game. Then in the bottom of the fifth, let's get Miggy with it, Brandon. Miguel Cabrera hits a two RBI single 
this will this three one score will stand until the bottom of the inning where Shohei Otani ties it up with his 23rd home run of the season. This will be enough to send us to extras where Daz Cameron's single, which scores the Manfred runner and then some, will be enough to send this home at a score of five to three. Give the win to Jose Cisnero, the loss to Rafael Iglesias, and the save to Michael Fulmer. Casey Mize got the start here for Detroit. He went five innings, allowing eight hits, three earned, and four strikeouts. Again, I will repeat myself in saying, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. It is so much fun to start to see actual development out of these top pitching prospects like Mize and Scooball, who didn't come out and like set the world on fire to start. They're starting to look more and more like actual studs for this Detroit team who, I mean, granted they still don't have a lineup, but they've got something to build with. And then Dylan Bundy got the start on the other side, going four innings on four hits, two runs, one earned and two strikeouts for the angels. Yeah. You know, a Casey Mize, you know, here's what I will say. Casey Mize has been better than JT Brubaker this year. So yeah. if our previous conversation <laughs> holds any weight, uh Casey Mize has been a a better pitcher than than JT Brubaker. So he must be a great pitcher by that logic. If JT Brubaker is a really good pitcher? No, no. JT Brubaker is an above average pitcher. Okay, we we we're backing I, it down. We're walking it down. Mize is a better above average pitcher. Wait a minute. So can we actually going back to this? So we somehow went from really good pitcher to what was the words you said above average? Yeah. So you went from really good pitcher to above average pitcher. Then we jumped back the opposite way to all-star. All right. Well, to and be then back fair, down to really if good. We're talking about the most like talented pitchers on the planet. He technically fits that category. There is not many pitch. There is not many people who can do what he does. No. I mean, if we're talking about, I mean, you can say the same about every single player that we talk about on the show. 
but this fits my my narrative for for this one so we're gonna stick with it okay if you say so <laughs> it's like it's like the nba does, also does richard rodriguez just not exist he pitched yesterday no 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 i know but like if we're talking about most talented arms on this pittsburgh team Ooh, yeah probably him my guy Chase and Shreve, nice to see him, Yankee legend. All right, let's get on to the double header. I like Stephen Brault. Oh, what about former, former All Star Trevor Cahill? The only All Star on the Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Game one of Cardinals and Braves. This one was not very competitive. Starts off with Nolan Arenado homering in the top of the first two-run bomb is 13th on the season. Top four, Yachty with an RBI single, and that makes it 3 nothing St. Louis. Abraham Almonte in the fourth uh, strikes out swinging. It's a drop third strike. Ball gets away. Freddie Freeman technically gets a steal of home on it and scores a run. So stolen base for him and a run. And the Braves get on the board at three to one. That is the only run they score in this one. So as you can see, a very productive run. Paul Goldschmidt then steps up, two-run bomb, excuse me, three-run bomb, actually. His 10th on the season makes it 6-1 St. Louis. We get a Goldschmidt single the next inning to make it 7-1. They go on to win 9-1 behind an Adam Wainwright complete game. Seven innings, three hits, one earned run, 11 strikeouts, and is now five and five on the year. The loss to Bryce Wilson, four innings, eight hits, five earned runs, and four strikeouts, now two and three. Game two was our our Sunday night baseball game, and uh, this one, the only action really in this one, and I watched the entire game. Ronald Acuna Jr. with his 19th homer of the year in the bottom of the third inning to make it a one nothing game, and that would be your final. The teams combined for six hits tonight, and the bullpens both pitched very well. So you can give the win to Drew Smiley, five and two-thirds, one hit, no earned runs, five Ks, and three walks. The loss to Kwang Hyung Kim, who... Went four innings, three hits, one earned run, and two strikeouts. Will Smith with his 13th save on the season. Uh, this Cardinals lineup, while, yes, we did see they had a good game one, they've been struggling this year. And, you know, uh, one guy that I, I look at who's been having a bad year, Paul DeYoung. LJ, have you seen what he's been hitting this year? No. 168 batting average, a 262 on base percentage. I mean, for a guy who I think that the Cardinals thought this was going to be their future at shortstop, you know, I just, I don't know where to go with him at this point. I was high on him. I thought that he was a good power hitting. He had a little bit of pop. I thought they, he, he could do a little something. I mean, his 2020 stats, he hit 250 with a 322 on base percentage. That's not great, but it's not a 168 batting average. So, yeah, I, I don't know with him. But 
perhaps Please. they'll be making a call to Tampa Bay, ne- Bay later the, in the year. See if they can get some middle infielders. Huh. Yeah, but these two split the doubleheader, and the Braves play another doubleheader tomorrow against the Mets, so they're getting killed uh, with games. But, LJ, uh, what do we want to do here? Do, do we want to do – oh, you still have Orioles and Blue Jays, and then do we want to do uh, the Silver Sluggers? Let's see. For time, we're at the We're hour. about an hour. Yeah. We should probably just pull off. Okay, so we'll do Orioles, Blue Jays, and uh, I'll run through leaderboards, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, also, I, I did not get to do the other PPP, so we'll make sure we get onto that. Oh, but yeah, Blue, Blue Jays, Orioles, the last big story of the day comes here. Bottom of the first, Trey Mancini goes yard to give Baltimore a one nothing lead. This score, surprisingly, Baltimore holds a lead for four innings. Before in the top of the fifth, the Blue Jays explode for four runs in this one. And then they add another two in the top of the eighth. Bottom of the eighth, Pedro Severino and Trey Mancini both go a yard here to cut the score to six to four. But a Reese McGuire single puts this well out of reach in the ninth. And the Blue Jays win at seven to four. Give the win to Hyunjin Ryu. He went seven innings, allowing three hits, one earned, and four strikeouts. The loss will be given to Matt Harvey, who went four and a third, allowing nine hits, four earned runs, and four strikeouts. He's now three and nine on the season. But the big story here comes, Brandon, the longest losing streak in baseball has finally been broken. No, I am not talking about the Diamondbacks. I am talking about relish from the Baltimore Camden Yards hot dog race. They race hot dogs at every home game. And so far this year, relish has yet to win, which that of course means that his losing streak would have to date back over or close to two years, at least a year and a half, I would say roughly. From last set from two Septembers ago till now, if we're talking between hot dog races, it appears that he has gained quite a cult following for this. And finally, after a long, long wait for many relish fans, he picks up the dub over ketchup and mustard today. And the fans go ecstatic. Right. I'm not sure if you've seen the videos yet, but the the relish fan base was going electric. A man had a large tub of relish poured on top of him in the middle of the game, in the middle of the stadium. Oh, my God. It was pandemonium for relish. He finally broke his at minimum. I'm not, I don't have, of course, the statistics from 2019, but we are talking about at least a 35-game losing streak. Thirty, Yeah, 34-game losing streak this season. See, here's here's my question, right? So, he's only racing two other people. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna assume it's a guy. Only actually, racing. I'm pretty sure it's animated. It's animated. The and view I saw was animated. So they don't actually race on the field. <laughs> no Some guy poured relish over himself over a fake race. Are you I kidding so. me? What is wrong in Baltimore? Like, what is 
What else do they have to do? I cannot confirm that it's not a, a real race. I'm I'm looking into it this. It has now. to be a LJ. If it if this is a fake race and we have people this much in cahoots about whether or not the relish won, I think we have a really big problem. Baltimore Sun had got got an article out within at it was out up by two twenty six, so it had been just after. See, no, so here's the thing, though. So let's assume that it's not animated, which it, it, there's, like, no way that it is. If it is, I will be shocked. How unathletic do you have to be to lose that many races in a row? Or is it just, like, one of the people is so It athletic? is animated. No. According to the Baltimore Sun, I'm going to read to you the opening paragraph. It started the same way so many other of these races had. In a pack after rounding first, Relish bumped Mustard aside. Ketchup returned the favor as the animated hot dogs rounded third. The sequence had frequent... I got pop-up ad. Hold on. Um, The sequence had frequented the animated hot dog races played on the Camden Yard scoreboard through the Orioles' first 34 games. The race always ended with Mustard or Ketchup crossing home plate first. But Sunday was different. Relish, which hadn't managed a single hot dog race victory through five Orioles homestands and lost the first two races of this one, finally defeated its longtime condiment foes for the first time in 2021. Relish is now 1-34 with ketchup and mustard at 17 wins apiece. Fans in the ballpark had begun to root for the underdog, often booing when ketchup bumped Relish and groaning when the result once more didn't go the way of the hot dog donning green. All right, look, like... So, if it's animated... You have to relish in this moment, Brandon. uh, Love the pun, but look, if it's animated... It is. They have control over who is winning every day, okay? Because they are playing this video. Was it just like... Were they just like, you know what? We're on pace to lose over 100 games again. Uh. Our only good player is a, is a Cedric Mullins, who is one of the best players in the league. So we have that to worship. John Means is just like, I don't know, he's been hurt. And like uh, it, uh, I don't know with him. They're like, you know what? Today's the day. We are making Relish win. Like, they're like, you know what? We're This Sunday, Father's Day, it, it has to happen because – we have lost too much. We have nothing else that we care about more than the animated hot dog race. And that's why we have made Relish lose every time. We're going to get the fans into it. We're going to get fans dumping Relish on top of themselves, which just seems like such an unfun experience in the heat. Like in Yeah, but if Relish won, you want to do it. You want to do it, which also we should question – how weird it's it is. 90 You're dumping the victor on top of yourself. You're pouring the guts of the victor onto you. Why are we talking about, like, just what is, is on your body? Like, dude, it is 90 but, degrees outside. You're already sticky and sweaty as it is. And now you're just pouring relish. I don't think it matters how much the team planned for this in making relish lose so much. More the fact of how much that this caught on among the fans. Brandon, check your phone. I just 
sent you the video. I also retweeted it from the MLB Daily account. So follow at MLB Daily Pod if you want to see this absolutely ludicrous video of a man in a bucket hat with his team relish. It's an entire Home Depot bucket worth of relish. Like I thought more, more than. There's two buckets. Also, everyone in the section has some form of relish. Go, go relish sign. I love it. Including one, I kind of need the relish daddy shirt. This dude is the the Orioles account tweets today was the day. Remember where you were, relish fans. I love it. And the the top reply is I barely even feel like a a relish fan compared to these kings. Like, yeah. I can't root on relish when these guys are just going absolutely nuts. Like, I feel like I'm just completely under underselling. You feel like a fake fan, but you know what? There's no better time than the present to get in. I am all in on relish. We're going mustard. No. LJ, I At least you're going to catch up. Catch up plays dirty. Oh, so, so yeah, well, that's the thing. Like I heard they were bumping into each other and yeah, they're, 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 it's a little, it's a little chippy when it, when they're going around the bases, but no, you got to get on and on relish Brandon relish this moment, get all in. You don't have to be a super fan, but let's continue to root and make sure this guy is the favorite, the favorite athlete in all of Baltimore Orioles 2021. All right, you also have one guy on the PPP. Oh, yeah. Uh, congratulations to Albert Pujols. He just passed – who was it? Was it Mel Ott for his place at f- number 14 in the all-time runs scored list with his dinger, his big Al dinger today. Sent him over the edge for that one, so props to him. That's all I got. All right, leaderboards, and we'll get you out of here. War four hitters, Vladdy Jr. in first at 4.2. Ronald Acuna in second at 3.6. And in third, move over Xander Bogarts. Cedric Mullins stands alone with 3.5 in third place. For the pitchers, Jacob DeGrom in first at 4.0. Zach Wheeler in second, who is approaching 100 innings pitched already this season. Uh, He's at 96 and a third. Just to break down Jacob DeGrom's season, LJ, he's thrown 67 innings and has a four war. Meanwhile, Zach Wheeler has thrown 96 innings and has a 3.4 war. Just, it's sick. It's it's sick, and then uh, we have Garrett Cole in third at three point one. Home runs is now a tie between Vladdy Jr. and Shohei Otani, both with twenty three. Fernando Tatis Jr. behind them at twenty two. Matt Olson behind him at twenty. Uh, RBI. Can we do an? Can we do a? brief intermission here real quick sure because i'm reading through more of the replies to the relish tweet and at crazy kitty mama had a very good point 
Okay. How the heck did that Home Depot bucket of relish pass the five inch by seven inch purse restrictions? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they? How did they get it oh. in? All right. So, unless they could fit it in like a backpack or something, but like, but how could you get the bucket safe. in? That doesn't seem safe to have in the stands because you could swing that around. You could like do damage to someone with that. They, there's no way for them to get the bucket in through the gate. They obviously had to have worked it out with the Orioles. I bet you they've been rooting for it, Relish for weeks, and the Orioles probably just reached out because that's the only way. There's no other way you can get a giant plastic container. There's no way to get a bucket that size through the checkpoint. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, if we ever bring Con- Connor a new comeback on the show, who was the host of the Locked on Orioles podcast, uh, we're going to have to ask him about this because this is like, this is the most relevant news we've heard out of the Baltimore Orioles Relishment. franchise since the John Means no-hitter. Relishment. Relishment. All right, Uh, that's a good spot to cap this one off. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod and me on Twitter and LJ on Twitter. He's at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. I'm at Brandon underscore Karam. All right, uh, we will see you tomorrow. Have a good one. See you manana. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.